0: Thanks, Fabian. And good morning, everyone. Uh, it is great to see you. As Fabian just prayed, my name is Daniel, and I'm one of the pastors, and I'm glad you're here at the 10 a.m. service uh, in this first Sunday of January together. Uh, if you missed the announcements earlier, uh, let me uh, just say it again. We are celebrating our 10 year anniversary as a church this month, which is an exciting thing, particularly celebrating on the weekend of January 19th. Uh, January 19th is a Friday night. And we're going to have an amazing party, church. It's going to be a fun party that you don't want to miss. Uh, It's going to be at a new event space just minutes from here with great food, a live band, dancing, celebrating, fellowshipping together, and just giving thanks to God's faithfulness. Uh, there is a cap on how many people can attend and those numbers, we're, we're about to have to give all those numbers to the event space, uh, event space. So let me encourage you to go ahead and buy if you're on the fence, trying to if you're thinking about coming or not. Uh, you can buy uh, tickets today uh, through... Uh, if, I also said earlier, as you go down the steps on the left, Will Spokes will be there, uh, and you can buy tickets from him, or you can go online and purchase tickets, but this is going to be a fun Friday night together. You don't want to miss it. And then on Sunday morning, January 21st, uh, we're going to celebrate here in the worship service uh, during the service, and there'll be some special things also happening after the service. But as we celebrate God's faithfulness to us as a church for the past 10 years, uh, we've decided that it is a good time. To clarify who we are as a church. The leadership of Christ Central has spent over, over a year easily listening to many members of our church, discussing with one another, and seeking the Lord in prayer as we've worked toward greater clarity on who we are as Christ Central Church. Now, our vision has not changed. Our vision is that we exist for the glory of God and for the good and flourishing of our city and world. It's on our bulletin. That is, that's our, our vision. But we realize that some of you here have been around since day one, 10 years ago. Some of you, this may be your first time to ever visit Christ Central Church. This is day one for you. And most of you are probably in between one of those. And so clarifying with some freshness who we are is a needed thing. As we hope and we pray for not just 10 more years of faithful presence and witness to God, but prayerfully decades upon decades. So the leadership's worked on clarifying two things our identity and our core values. And our core values, uh, these are something that we pray uh, you'll hear over and over and over throughout your time at Christ Central. Uh, there are things that we believe are true of our church, uh, and yet we pray they become truer of our church. And so I want to share with you uh, the values that we've landed on. Glory of God above all things. Come as you are celebration. Slow down spirituality. Emotionally healthy vulnerability, prayer in action, risk-taking for the good of the city and world, and community and diversity. Now, as I share those, you read those, you look at those, hopefully, if you've been around Christ Central for some time, you go, yeah, that makes sense. That's who, that's who we are. That's who Christ Central is. And so we're going to be talking about those a lot throughout uh, the years together, uh, But in regards to our identity, and to help us be aligned to who we are, we've decided to preach a five-week sermon series on our identity. And so, who is Christ Central Church? We are a community of people who are called to rest in Christ as we live for the renewal of all things in the city for the world. And so, for the next five weeks, we're going to do a five-week sermon series. This morning, I'm preaching on we are a community of people. Week two, we are called. Week three, to rest in Christ. Week four, to live for the renewal of all things. And week five, in the city for the world. And so we're going to jump into our text this morning in Psalm 133. As we look at, we are a community of people. This text, Psalm 133, was actually one of the first sermons I've ever preached. I ever preached at Christ Central 10 years ago. And so there's a lot of nostalgia in this text for me. But I'm preaching it a little bit different this morning uh, as I've been influenced by my great friend and Pastor Sean Slate. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to stand as we give attention to Psalm 133, God's Word to us this morning. This is God's Word. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon which falls in the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Isaiah tells us the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Pray with me. Lord, we ask that you would draw us to yourself holy spirit you would illumine the word that was just read so that our spirits would come alive to who you are and to who we are in you may you speak and we know that the power is not through the eloquence of words or through the preacher the power is in the word of god itself and so we need to hear from you so would you speak to us this morning i pray that the words of my mouth the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing to you it's in jesus name we pray amen you can have a seat I didn't say, but as I greeted you, but I hope all of you had a good break after Christmas. Uh, The Mason family got away for a week. Uh, We went to South Carolina and spent a week at the beach with my in-laws, my wife's family, and it was a wonderful, restful, much-needed week away. One of my favorite things that we do at the beach is we ride bikes together as a family. And one day we were riding our bikes and one of my sons was in the lead and I saw another family coming toward us on the bike path and then I hear my son who's leading the pack yell war eagle and the father of the other family yelled back war eagle and as the family got closer to me I saw that the father had an Auburn University t-shirt on so I also yelled war eagle it was a proud moment for me as I realized I had been training my child in the way to go, right? <laughs> Adhering to Proverbs very well. Now, I'm sure you've had similar experiences. You see a UNC logo and you yell, Go Heels. You see a Duke logo and you yell, Go Duke. You see an NCC logo and you yell, Go Eagles. or Go Pack. You see a Durham Bulls logo and you yell, Go Bulls. Right, you seeing another person sporting your team's logo signals to you, that's my people. When I behold, or my boys behold, an Auburn t-shirt, it is good and pleasant. <laughs> because we know that's my people. Our text this morning, Psalm 133, is a psalm of ascent. The Psalms of Ascent are a collection of Psalms from 120 to 134. They were songs sung by the ancient Israelites as they traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate festivals three different times a year. And the people of God would be streaming in from all over, coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west, to gather together in Jerusalem to worship in the temple of God. And they would be singing these songs together as they journeyed. Can you imagine... You're making the journey and you're nearing Jerusalem and you see people streaming in from every direction. And it's grander than the traffic backed up on 15501 as people stream into the Dean Dome or traffic backed up on Academy Drive as people stream into Cameron Indoor. Grander than traffic backed up on 147 as people stream into the Bull Stadium. This is the people of God. Streaming in from every direction to gather in the temple to worship the one true God. And as you're journeying, you look up. And you don't know most of the people. But they are journeying toward where you are going. And because they are journeying toward where you are going, you know, that's my people. That's why the psalmist writes, Behold, how good and pleasant when brothers dwell together in unity. He says, Behold stop, marvel, gaze upon. It's a rare sight to see all these different people gathering together as a unified community. The story of the Bible is a story of community. More specifically, it's a story about family. God created Adam, and it was not good that he was alone, so God created Eve and told them that they should love one another and that together they reflect the Father. He told them that out of the overflow of their love for one another, they should be fruitful and fill the earth. The heart of God is that the earth would be filled with his children. But if you read the Bible, it only takes a few chapters to realize that the Bible is more about brothers who don't dwell in unity. Behold, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. Behold, Jacob and Esau. Jacob lied to Esau, stole from him. They both fight for their parents' affections. They live apart from one another. Behold, Joseph, whose brother sold him into slavery. Behold, the twelve sons of Jacob, the twelve tribes of Israel. Jacob blessed each child, but differently, and gave different lands to inherit, and they lived apart. And so when the children of God, the family of God, gather in Jerusalem, it's a rare sight to behold. It's a divided family coming back for a family reunion. It's a celebratory party as the children of God are a united community. Division is not just experienced among the Old Testament people of God. Our country, one nation under God, has always been a divided people. We proclaim, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, yet racism and classism, many other isms, have caused fissures and divides, leading to oppression and marginalization. Just look at our city. The 147 freeway that many of you maybe drove in on this morning cuts right through the heart of downtown. And it's a picture of division if you know the history. It was intentionally built to go right through the heart of the Haytai community, which was once the booming African-American business district and community, and it wreaked havoc on the community. Yet, if you're driving on the 147 south to north, and you pass Duke Street and you get close to Chapel Hill Street, 147 does a clear bend around Duke Memorial Methodist Church, protecting not the church, but what was once the white community at that time. Durham is a city without a majority. 34% African American, 30% white, 20% Latino, 12% Asian, 4% other. And yet most churches in our city gather together with their own people. Sunday in God's household often looks no different than the divided neighborhoods and schools of our city. And Christ Central from day one has said we desire to be a cross-cultural community, a community that embraces one another, a community in diversity. Because we believe unity and oneness is worth the effort. But don't get me wrong, we, we have not arrived. We have a lot of room to grow to see this become more and more of a reality. But this has been our desire from day one. Why? Because it's God's plan. The grand vision of the Bible is, is that we are all journeying and headed toward a new city, a new Jerusalem. Filled with every tongue, tribe, and nation, a new heavens and new earth where God restores all that which sin has broken. There will be no more division. God will heal and he'll recreate his people into a unified, worldwide, eternal community. Now it's important to know that what God is recreating is oneness, not sameness. Unity is not uniformity. As the church, we can celebrate and embrace difference while living unified because we are all headed toward a common goal of God's glory filling the earth like the waters cover the sea. So as a church, we welcome people to come as you are. We welcome people in different shapes and colors and styles and preferences and gifts, and we realize that everyone is uniquely made in God's image. And as a church, we behold brother and sister. And if these are my people, or if these are God's people, they're my people. Right? It doesn't mean being a unified community, uh, a unified family amongst div- uh, differences is, is easy. Right? Use that word family specifically because we all know family can be delightful and enjoyable. We just had the holidays and maybe you had some incredible times as a family, eating meals, watching movies, playing board games. But we also know family can be painful and hurtful and confusing. And so if we come into church as a family and we think unity is going to be easy, we will be surprised when it's not. I mean, think about what we are praying is true of our church. That we would be a community that is diverse, yet like-minded in the gospel. That we would be a community filled with young people and their enthusiasm and old people and their wisdom. That we'd be a community with the rich and the poor living together in reciprocal relationship. That we would be a a, a community of people where we speak to political issues without being politically partisan. That we would be a community that's evangelistic yet discipleship focused. And to be this type of community, we will experience friction, frustrations, and failures because it's not natural to bring all this difference into one community. And each of you are unique, Each of you have your own hopes, desires, and preferences for Christ Central Church. That's a good thing. And the point of unity is not to vacate your hopes and desires and your uniqueness so that we can just be the same. The point of unity and community is to realize your hopes and your desires aren't the only hopes and desires in the room so that we can be one. It means to be a unified community. We submit to one another as we submit to Jesus. So let me ask you an important question. How might your personal dreams for community be hindering the unity and community that God the Father wants to build? How might your personal dreams for community be hindering the unity and community that God the Father wants to build? Let me say what we often say in our new members class here. Welcome to Christ Central Church, where you will be disappointed. I will fail you. Other pastors and staff will fail you. Your hopes and your desires will not always be met in this church. So how can we be a unified community? We need to understand that living in unified community is God's design. Because it's a reflection of being in God's image. For God is himself a unified community, Father, Son, and Spirit, together in love in submission to one another and celebrating and rejoicing in one another. And the Bible is clear that God wants to draw each of us into his love to celebrate him, to rejoice in him, so that it spills out into loving one another and submitting to one another and rejoicing in one another so that we image God in the world. Jesus prays, John 17, I ask that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The proclamation of Christianity is that by faith in Jesus Christ, I stand before God forgiven. I stand before God delighted in as a child. I stand before God brought into the eternal love of the triune community. And if I stand before God forgiven, what hinders me from forgiving you? If I'm a sinner in need of grace, what prevents me from being patient and gracious with you? If God loved me while his enemy, what stops me from loving my enemies? If God serves me, how can I not serve you? If Jesus gave up his rights and his privileges for my sake, how can I not give up my rights and privileges for your sake? Here's the thing church if we're going to be a unified community we can't manufacture it you can't expect our staff to produce it it's truly a gift that must come from god what we are longing for it is not attainable by strategy or better insight or more effort And let me also say this, that the more we seek to be a unified community, a community of diversity, the more we are going to experience our real enemy who wants to push back against us, who wants to thwart God's plan, who wants to sow seeds of division rather than unity. If you were to read this psalm in its original language of Hebrew, it becomes very clear how we live together in unity. There is a repeated word in Hebrew that means descend. I'll read it in English again. You can hear it. This unity, it comes down on the beard. It comes down on Aaron's beard. It comes down on the collar of his robes. It comes down on the mountains of Zion. As James says in James 1:17: every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father above. It's a gift that God must give to us. Eugene Peterson on this psalm said this, children are ordinarily full of their own needs and wants, that they look at brother and sister not as an ally, but as a competitor. If there's only one pork chop on a plate and three want it, you look at the other not as a delightful dinner companion, but as a difficult rival. So if we're going to sing how wonderful and beautiful when brothers and sisters get along, we will not do it by being left to ourselves and following our natural bent. It must be a gift from God. It's a gift Paul in Ephesians 4 put it this way, preserve the unity of the spirit. We preserve unity. We don't create unity. God gives it. The psalmist gives two analogies to describe this unified community. Oil running down the beard of Aaron, water, the dew of Hermon coming down. So let's quickly look at these two analogies. Verse 2 says, unity is like oil running down the beard of Aaron. Aaron was Israel's first high priest who represented God to the world and the world to God. That's the function of a priest, to to represent God to the world and to represent the world to God. To be a unified community means we are a kingdom of priests, as Peter says in 1 Peter, who represent God to the world. Unity matters because by it we show and tell the world what God is like. And if God is one and we can't get along, If God is merciful and we cannot forgive, if God is loving and we bite and devour one another, what are we teaching the world about God? Priests also represent the world to God. The sins of the people are forgiven because the priest would make a sacrifice on their behalf. And Christianity is the one religion that believes our great high priest came down And became a sacrifice for us on the cross. That our holiness and righteousness comes from Jesus. Not from any of our doing. There is nothing we can do. It comes from what Christ has done. The oil runs over the head of the church Jesus. And it comes down upon his body. And it makes his body holy. You and I are made righteous and holy through Christ alone. And if we really believe this, that we are equally sinners and sinful, and that we're equally made righteous and holy in Christ, then we'll be able to begin to love one another, forgive one another, rejoice in one another, submit to one another, for no one is greater than the next. We're all equally loved by God, forgiven by God, and made holy in Christ. The second analogy that the psalmist uses is that a unified community is like, verse 3, the dew of Hermon falling down on the mountains of Zion. Hermon was this majestic snow-capped mountain. It was lush and green and full of life. And uh, the water from Hermon would flow down onto the mountains of Zion. That's what the psalmist, that's the analogy he's given. So that Zion, the place of God's temple, would receive life and refreshment and growth. I know all of us in here, brothers and sisters, get tired and weary as we journey this life together. Some of you this morning might already feel like you don't have much left in the tank and it's it's only the, the seventh day of our new year. But what the psalmist is telling us is that dwelling together as a unified community with God and his kingdom as our vision is a gift from God that brings refreshment and life. We come together every Sunday, and we gather around this table that we're about to partake of. And we get out of our seats, and we stand up and we come forward, young and old, black, Asian, Latino, white, rich and poor, Democrat and Republican, some with a passion to be more outward as a church, some with a passion to be more focused on formation as a church. And we all walk down the aisle as a community together, And instead of looking at each other with an eye of critique and feeling superior or inferior, we are invited by God to behold one another, to behold my brother and my sister. And if these are God's people, they're my people. How rare a sight it is each Sunday as we come to this table. And as we come forward, there's no person who is the center of attention. God is the center of the table. The Father, Son, and Spirit proclaimed in the meal is that Jesus' body is broken and his blood was shed in order to forgive our sin, to reconcile us to God and to one another. In Jesus, we're drawn into the love of the Trinity. In Jesus, we learn to love one another and forgive one another and delight in one another and submit to one another. In Jesus, we're refreshed and strengthened as we feast on the bread and drink from the cup. And then every week God sends us out into this world to show the world his power and his glory by the way we love one another through our unified community, which prayerfully doesn't just happen on Sundays, but it spills out into our everyday living as we gather in city groups and Bible studies, neighborhood parties, as we work together, as we have dinner together, as we work out at the same gym together. Christ Central, we are a community of people. A community of diversity unified through Jesus. It's beautiful and it's rare and it's hard. And it's a gift that must come down to us. But let's not get confused. Unity is not our goal. At least it's not our ultimate goal. Evangelism is not our goal. Discipleship is not our goal. Racial reconciliation is not our goal. Our goal is the glory of God and the good and flourishing of the city and the world. And being a unified community enables us to reach our goal of glorifying God as it displays to the world God's power and glory. Only by God's grace can we be this kind of community. So Christ Central Church, let's pray for it. Let's ask God for it. And may God give us the rare gift of being a unified community. Let's pray. Lord God, I ask that you would pour out and send down your grace and your mercy and this gift of being a unified community. Do it even now as we come to this table to receive your love and grace and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.